Welcome to Hooked on Crime Pod, the podcast where we talk about hooks and crooks. Hope you have your hooks and yarn ready, or actually whatever other craft you want to do, because lately my crojo has been missing. I need to uh, pick up just, you know, a stupid, simple pattern, one of the mindless ones that you can sit and do when you're watching TV. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so uh, this weekend we had went on a road trip. Um, I posted a, a little mini-sode, and, uh, it was so much fun, y'all. We had such a wonderful day. Uh, we were gone for far too long and put, like, almost 900 miles on the car, but you know what? Honestly, it was worth it. We don't get to have adventure times very often, but, shoot, it was so much fun. It was a great day to spend with my husband and my daughter, and we just had a wonderful time. Um... Also, uh, y'all, I am completely in shock. Uh, I have been going on and submitting to the podcast to different pod players and we're on 44 pod players now. Um, there's a list on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash hooked on crime pod. And we have over 500 listens guys. Come on now. What, like seriously, uh, I thought I would have to contact the, um, the anchor support people and ask if it was a mistake because how someone like me can get 500 listens is, it's amazing. Y'all, I am so grateful and so thankful and I appreciate every single one of you listening. Thank you so much. Um, now, as always, we have our sponsor spots, and then we'll be right back. So, when you were homesick or having a snow day as a kid, if you didn't want to watch Sesame Street, what did you watch? Well, if you were like me and most other 80s and 90s kids, you watched trashy daytime talk shows. We would sit on the couch for hours watching shows with topics like Who's the father? Send my bad kid to boot camp. Please make over my ugly spouse. And don't judge me for dating my cousin. <laughs> One of the trashier shows was hosted by triple threat actress, singer, and comic Jenny Jones. Jones started off her show with a format reminiscent to the one Oprah Winfrey used, but after low ratings for the first two seasons, they quickly moved away from serious subjects and into the outlandish and scandalous. Running for 12 seasons from September 16, 1991 to May 21, 2003, the most notable episode never actually aired. On March 6, 1995, Scott Amador, age 32, sits in front of the live studio audience of The Jenny Jones Show with his friend Donna Riley. Scott had contacted the show so he could confess his secret crush. As the object of his affection waited backstage in a soundproof area, Jones cajoles Scott into spilling his fantasies about his crush in front of the camera. Scott talks about wanting to take this person out to the hammock and tie him up and have champagne and strawberries and whipped cream. You know, nothing too crazy. Just kind of run-of-the-mill fantasies, but the audience is lapping it up. Now... Scott, he looks nervous and excited as his crush is finally brought out. Jonathan Smits walks onto the stage to see his neighbor Donna and acquaintance Scott Amador. 
Jonathan hugs Donna and gives Scott an awkward hug and then sits down. Then Jenny drops the bombshell that Scott is Jonathan's secret admirer. Jonathan looks at Donna and Scott and exclaims, You lied to me, with a look on his face that shows he is visibly shaken and embarrassed and uncomfortable. Jones then relays Scott's fantasies to Jonathan, and in response to these disclosures, Jonathan laughs and firmly states that he is completely heterosexual and nervously laughs at all of the remarks. After filming is done, Donna, Scott, and Jonathan go out drinking, after which an alleged sexual encounter occurred between Scott and Jonathan. Scott calls the producers of the show to say a love connection happened between the two. Then three days after taping, Scott leaves a suggestive note that reads in part, If you really want to get it off, I'm the only one who has the right tool. Jonathan finds the note after a night of binge drinking and becomes enraged. He goes to the bank and withdraws enough cash to purchase a Mossberg 12-gauge shotgun and shells, then drives to Scott's home. He questions Scott about the note and then says he has to go shut off his car. He sits in the car for a couple minutes, weighing his options. Then he grabs his gun and goes back to the Scott's door. He sweeps the door open with the gun and approaches Scott, who yells to his roommate, He has a gun! Scott holds up a wicker chair to protect himself, but it doesn't stop Jonathan from shooting him in the chest twice at point blank. After killing Scott, Jonathan leaves the house and goes to a payphone and calls 911 and confesses. I actually have part of that recording, and I'll play it for you now. In the recording, you hear an upset Schmidt say to the operator, I think I just shot a man. The operator says, okay, calm down, okay? He responds with, I just shot this guy. Okay, why did you do that? Asks the 911 operator. Because he picked me on national TV and he's homosexual. So Officer Arthur Kutcher said he responded to the 911 call and found Jonathan sitting at a gas station near Scott's house. Jonathan was hysterical, but calmed down during the ride to the station. He had, before they had left, he had told the officer, yes, I did it. He confessed and also told him that he could find the gun in the back of the car. So Jonathan, you know, he was hysterical. He calmed down on the ride to the station. And originally he was charged with first degree murder and committing a felony with a firearm. Um... So, he was found guilty of second-degree murder in 1996, and he was sentenced to 25 to 50 years, but his conviction was overturned on an appeal. Upon retrial, he is found guilty of the same charge and received the same sentence. The defense claimed that Jonathan had diminished capacity due to having manic depression Graves' disease, which is a thyroid disorder that can cause irrational and violent behavior, and the extreme embarrassment of being ambushed by the producers of the Jenny Jones show, who, according to the defense, never told him his admirer could be a man. And Jonathan supposedly did state that he, if the admirer was a man, he would not go on the show, 
but he went on it out of curiosity and to see if it might have been his ex-fiance that he had broken up with. So he says he's all upset and embarrassed because it was a man who was his admirer. And, you know, there is actually a legal defense called the gay panic defense. And it's a legal strategy in which a defendant claims that they were temporarily insane and committed violent acts such as assault, battery, and, you know, and murder due to unwanted same-sex sexual advances. That's complete bullshit, if you ask me. Like, ugh. It's a legal strategy that's used to protect homophobes and not hold them accountable for their own behavior and their own actions. Oh, I, I'm going to have to stop because it fires me up. Um, so on August 22nd, 2017, Jonathan Schmitz was released from prison. Um, he was paroled out after serving 22 years. In 1999, the Amador family retained Jeffrey Figer as a lawyer. And they sued the Denny Jones Show, Telepictures, and Warner Brothers for the ambush tax tactics and as the Amador family considered it, uh, their negligent actions that resulted in Scott's death. So in May of 1999, the jury awarded the Amadors $29,332,686. The money was for the uh, pain and suffering Scott had before he passed due to his gunshot wounds, um, the loss of a companion um, for the family, and the loss of income Scott would have earned over his lifetime. So uh, the jury found that the Jenny Jones show was both irresponsible and negligent and contended that the show intentionally created an unpredictable situation without due concern for the possible consequences. But Time Warner's defense attorney later claimed that the verdict would cause a chilling effect on the industry. So the judgment was overturned by the Michigan Court of Appeals in a two-to-one decision, and the Michigan Supreme Court declined to hear the case. So the Amadors actually did not get any compensation, and Jenny Jones, up until this day, says it was not the Jenny Jones murder, it was the Jonathan Schmitz murder. Now, I'm not saying that Jenny Jones, you know, put the gun in Jonathan's hand and made him go shoot Scott, but I do agree with the first jury's finding that, you know, it was negligent, um, and the ambush tactics and the manipulation and everything else that happened on them talk shows was ridiculous. Um, I do not think that the um, civil suit that the Amadors had against the Jenny Jones show and, you know, Warner Brothers and all them um, should have been overturned. Uh, that's, that's just my opinion on it. But I appreciate y'all being here. Thank y'all so, so, so much for, you know, listening to me every week. And I'm actually putting on a, uh, a second episode this week. Um, so when that's out and up, I will share a link like I always do on facebook.com slash hooked on crime pod. And I hope y'all have a fantastic day and be safe and get to hooking.